Good morning, everyone. Um, if you've been with us in the last uh, couple of months, you know that we've been in a series called what? No, rebuild. Yeah, rebuild. What did you say, Ari? What did you say? Sorry. Rebuild. Oh, yeah. We're entering into that one now. Yeah. And it was all about Nehemiah's vision from God to rebuild a wall. The wall had crumbled and his heart was broken for the people because they weren't protected from their enemies. And Nehemiah saw uh, this wall that was broken down and he said, we've got to rebuild that, that wall around Jerusalem. And we took a, a hard look at that. We spent a lot of time in Nehemiah, but we also looked at how that related to us today at Salem Fields Community Church and what we needed to rebuild here. And we targeted three specific areas. One of them is the next generation. Buddy and I started out as youth pastors, and we will always have a heart for young people. And uh, we want to see the next generation fall in love with Jesus. We want to reach as many students as we possibly can. And so we're going to resource with the funds that have been pledged, the funds that come in, we're going to resource our student ministries because uh, it, the walls have kind of uh, fallen down around that and we're, we're going to build those walls back up. The, the second area that we're targeting is the infrastructure of this building. Now that might not seem very uh, exciting, but when you think about this building as a ministry tool, thousands of people pass through these walls. Now just uh, yesterday or Saturday, uh, we had something in here as I was leaving work on Friday. I saw tables going up and tables in here, and there was a huge fashion show. I don't even know what that was all about, but I know that hundreds of people were here, and they walked through these, these doors. This building is a ministry tool that we give away to our community just because we want to be generous to our community. And it's 16 years old, so the infrastructure needs some work. You've heard us talk about that. And then also, God has gifted us. He just handed us a gift in Smithfield, Virginia, uh, a structure, a building, and 10 acres of land. And we know that we need to rebuild a dream center or a church wherever he leads us. That's what rebuild is all about. So the Old Testament and Nehemiah connect very clearly with us today at Salem Fields Community Church. And just as God gave Nehemiah and the Israelites success in rebuilding that wall, he is giving us success in the, in the beginning of our process here to rebuild because the total, I'm keeping this, uh, I asked Howard and it even went up last night, the total that we have so far that's pledged, and we've already had some come in, uh, but what we've had pledged is $998,801. Is that incredible? Now, last night it was $998,401, and Buddy and I said, you know what? We'll just say we'll do $200 more and anybody that wants to match that. So we had someone come up to us last night and said, I'll match that. And so it went up to 801. Now, what that means is what? We're $1,199 away from a million. So we can do it, right? We can do it. All right. Yeah, yeah. So everybody that's clapping can give $100. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Rebuilding the wall was a huge undertaking for Nehemiah and the people. And it was one that would be talked about for years and years and years to come. In fact, 
we are still talking about it here today. And uh, it, it, they needed funds, and uh, they were provided, and they gave attention to that, just like we've done. But here's the thing. A huge part of the process was to re rebuild for Nehemiah, was to rebuild not just a physical wall. Remember we had that physical wall and those bricks are out in Rubicon and we're in the process of we're going to have that wall built soon. But it wasn't just a physical wall that they, were, that they were talking about there, but to rebuild the people. It's not just the tangible things we do, but it's the person that we are, the person that we become that really reflects God's work. The people there, life had been hard for them, and they needed renewed hope. They had been in exile, and life was tough. And they were ready and willing when Nehemiah came along and eager to know God in a more intimate way. They were longing for that. There's something in the human spirit that longs to be closer to God in an intimate way. And they were primed for God to unleash their spiritual potential. Now, it's the exact same thing for us today. Our Rebuild Project will be talked about for years and years to come because it's going to make an impact not only here at Salem Fields, but in our state, in our country, and around the world. And it'll be talked about, whether it's called Rebuild or, or whatever it's called, it's going to make an impact in our world to come. And you have a part in that. You've had a part in that. Now, hope is always in need to be refreshed. All of us need to have renewed hope, just like the people in that day did. And the dollars have been pledged. We've paid attention to, that, to the funds that it will take. So, but our goal over the next couple of years at Salem Fields is for you and I, spiritually, to be rebuilt. Because you see, no matter how long you live, no matter how long you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's always something that he wants to show us so that we can grow closer to him. We never get there and then we coast. It's always about allowing him to renew us and to rebuild us. And so over the next couple of years, that's exactly what we're going to do, to rebuild and strengthen people, our families, husbands, wives, children, our community, and so, so that we can realize that something new that God is doing all around us. You know, it's not that he's just going to do it in the future. He's doing it all around us. And we have to have those spiritual eyes to be able to see it. And the way that we have those spiritual eyes is to open our lives to go deeper into the mystery of God, to go to higher heights with him, to soar higher, to go deeper with him. And so this series, Unleash, speaks to that. We all have spiritual potential that is, is just begging to be released and nurtured. And over the next four weeks, we're going to give you not only some knowledge and some understanding, but some opportunities to not just be a hearer of the word, but to actually put your hands to the grindstone and to give you opportunities for you to move closer to the Lord. In Nehemiah 8, Ezra praised God 
This is all part, Ezra and Nehemiah were all part of the story. And Ezra praised God. And the people were moved to respond. And we've seen people being moved to respond. We couldn't have gotten to $998,801 without people being moved. Now, the, the, the key in this is not just to be moved in our heart, but to actually be obedient to what he's called us to do. And in Ezra... That's exactly what happened. Ezra opened the book of the law, and the people stood up, and in reverence, just like we did this morning, they bowed to worship God. And with that, God began to transform the people. He began to do something new within them, and he began to do something new around them. Now, uh, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, Kelly is going to do a Wednesday night service uh, or a Wednesday night uh, kind of gathering, where he's going to crack open the book of the law, which is Ezra. Ezra is such a big part of this story in Nehemiah that Kelly's going to, if you want to take that opportunity to come, it's a teaching time, but it's also going to be an application time that we can take that word and apply it in our lives because that is the way we grow closer to him. So you can be part of that. But the adventure of going deeper with God of soaring higher with God is available to anybody, anybody that's willing to, to enter and open their lives to go into that territory with him. So today we're going to begin this new series called, yes, we want to unleash your and my spiritual potential because it's in there. It's just a matter of what can we do to, to release that spiritual power. So here it is. Good to see you guys. It's a nice day today, nice and chilly and cold. It's a, you know, hope you didn't pack away your winter underwear and you kept those out for a while, because I didn't, and it's a little cold, but we're, <laughs> we're, we're glad you're here. Anyway, I want to give you a little test today, you know, uh, I got another one of those Bible quizzes for you, and you know, last night they failed miserably, I can tell you that. So anyway, I'll give you another shot at it. If you watched last night and you were here, don't cheat, okay? Where is the first tennis or the first sporting event? I want to talk about sporting, but where is the first tennis match mentioned in the Bible? Anybody know? It's when Joseph served in Pharaoh's court. <laughs> wow, thank goodness that. What happened uh, in the first baseball game? Eve stole first, Adam stole second, and Cain struck out Abel. Now, for you romantic people that's here, did you ever, uh, did Eve ever have a date with Adam? Who said that? <laughs> you were here last night or watched online. <laughs> yes, 
he had an apple. She had an apple with him, but not a date. Uh, what did Adam say on the night before Christmas? It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> Why did Moses wander in the desert for 40 years? Yeah, men don't ask for directions now, and they didn't ask for directions then. Men, we don't ask for directions, right? Right. Uh, let's see. What, what excuse did Adam give to his children as why he lived longer, or uh, why they couldn't no longer live in Eden? What was the excuse that he gave that they couldn't live in Eden any longer? Your mother ate us out of house and home. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't Noah go fishing? Because he only had two worms. <laughs> That's all for today. <laughs> Maybe we'll find some more. Uh, but you know, you guys need to read your Bible a little more. Matter of fact, <laughs> how many of you brought your Bible today? Okay, I'm going to start doing a little Joel thing. I'm going to hold them up and we're going. But anyway, thank you for bringing your Bible. Because... Uh, you know, uh, we're starting a new series today, as Gay talked about and introduced to us, Unleash. And the thing that we're starting off with is a Bible. Guys, uh, uh, we have got to uh, fall in love with our Bibles all over again. And one of the things that we're going to do is try to encourage you to carry your Bible to church. I know you can carry it on your cell phone. And you can use that, and that's great. Uh, but it's something about having your own Bible where you can open that thing up and where you can mark it up and you can highlight it and you can always just kind of remember those things. And so we, we're just going to talk about the Bible today, you know, because um, uh, Bibles are everywhere. I mean, if you think about it, uh, uh, you can find a Bible everywhere. You can find them in the grocery store. You know, they got those little uh, racks up that you can find them in the grocery stores, bookstores, motel rooms. You can find them on your cell phones or on your computer. You can find them everywhere. And every year, uh, the Bible sell, outsells every other major bestseller. The Bible is the number one bestseller in America every year. Last year, there were 500 million Bibles published in the world in 18,000 different languages. Now, the U version that you can download on your phone, I looked it up yesterday, and it had been downloaded 219,623,275 times and counting. If you open your app and you go there... And Right, you, I guarantee you today, there's many, many more. You can open that up, some not while I'm preaching, though, but you know, you can open that up and it just keeps clicking, 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 and people are downloading it. Yet many of us here today and those that are worshiping online and in our community, we're still missing the spiritual potential that is found in when, we have, when we are involved or we are... Uh, we are living out of the Word of God. I mean, folks, we uh, in America today, we have lost our passion for the Word of God. And we've turned everywhere else for our guidance in life, and, and we're missing this spiritual potential that's found in our Bible. Why is that? Why is that? Because it's not automatic. You see, the, the Bible is filled with potential. It promises comfort, it promises strength, it promises hope, wisdom, joy, power, and purpose. It is our guidebook for life. 
It is our owner's manual. We came with an owner's manual. God created us and he, and, and he gave us his word so that we would have the potential to be everything that God desires for us to be in our life and to give us spiritual direction and otherwise in our lives and it's found in the Bible. Just because you have a Bible or you have it on your cell phone, it doesn't mean that you're gonna get any benefit out of it. Just because you own a Bible. No matter where you are in life, there's one thing that we want you to know. And that is surrendering to God's will will allow you to live a life that will absolutely blow your mind. You know, and I, and I really believe as believers, one of the reasons we're not making the impact that we're making, that we're not making the kind of impact in the world that we could be making in the world is because we're not living our spiritual potential. That God created us to have a great impact on our world and one of the reasons we're not having that impact is because we have lost our love and passion for the word of God. It's evident because when I, when I went started going to church in 1980 and I never had a passion for God's word, but just seeing other believers carry their Bible to church and open their Bible made a huge impact in my life. And I began to study my Bible, began to carry my Bible, and it's made a huge impact in my life. You see, can you imagine what would happen in your life and in your family, in our church, in our community, in Smithfield, and around the world, if we, you and I would do whatever's necessary to unleash the spiritual power that is available to us as believers? We have the same power living in us, that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same power lives in every believer in this room, and we have got to unleash that spiritual power, and we're going to make a difference in our world, and if we want God to do something new in our lives, and in our children, and in our family, and in our community, and in our church, we have got to unleash that spiritual power that God created us to have in our lives when we're in a relationship with Him, and it begins with having a love and a passion for God's word. And we've got to get back to the word of God. You see, we have so much spiritual potential sitting here today. We have so much spiritual potential online today that we could change our world forever. And it begins with having a love and passion for the word of God. You see, the book of James we're going to look at today gives us three steps on how, to, how surrendering to the word of God and what God has for us will unleash your spiritual potential. We'll look at James 1.25, and that'll be our verse today that we're kind of looking at as our key verse. It says this, the man who looks intently into the perfect law. Now, what makes it perfect? Because it's perfect for everything that you and I need for life. It's the perfect book. It's the perfect book for our life that gives us freedom and continues to do and continues to do this, the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. And as we're blessed, that spiritual power, that spiritual potential will be unleashed in our life and in our family and in our church and in our world. You see, for, for us to unleash my spiritual potential, though, I must first of all receive the word of God. I must receive the word of God. Look at verse 21. Accept the word planted in you. Accept the word planted in you. Now, accept in Greek. Now, I can't pronounce the Greek words like Kelly. And, and you know, he's very good at that. 
Uh, I think he is. Anyway, he might just say anything and we believe it. But <laughs> you accept in Greek literally means to welcome, to invite the word of God in, to say to the word of God literally to come on in. And if we're going to unleash the word of God's spiritual potential in our life, we need to welcome the word into our lives. We, we must uh, be receptive to what it says. And James gives an illustration. He says, it's planted in you. The word of God has planted us. And throughout the Bible, uh, the, the, the word is compared to a, itself to a seed. Jesus told the parable of the sower. And he said, the word of God is a seed. It is planted in our hearts. And when we're receptive, we have prepared the soil and, and the word begins to grow in our life because we have opened our hearts to receive and accept the word of God, to believe that it's the word of God, that this is truly the word of God in our lives. It's his word. It's not some book that's been written by man, but it was inspired by God. Every word in this Bible has been inspired by God. And, and, and we accept that as the truth in our lives. And it's gonna result in our spiritual potential, reaching our spiritual potential but next, if you want to unleash uh, my spiritual potential, I need to reflect on the Word of God. I need to reflect on it. Now, in verse 23, the Bible says, anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, immediately goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. Now, James, here, he's using the word mirror as another illustration of the Word of God. Now, the purpose of a mirror is to evaluate ourselves. We look in the mirror and we say, whoo, if you're like me, you look in the mirror and you say, man, how could you get any better looking than you are? <laughs> and we evaluate ourselves and we say, man. And we use a mirror uh, to evaluate. We look in a mirror to evaluate the damage of the night before. I mean, when I got up this morning and I looked in the mirror, I said, boy, you would need some help. <laughs> I had to fix the damage of the night before. You know, take a shower, wash my hair, do all that kind of stuff. And you see, when we evaluate ourselves, we do something about it. Now, what good is a mirror if we don't do anything about what we see? I mean, if I'd have came to church today, you would have screamed when you walked in the door if I'd have just left things the way they were. You see, a mirror reflects what we're like on the outside. When I look in the mirror, I see what's on the outside. The Word of God reflects what I look like on the inside. The Word of God reflects what I look like on the inside. You see, when I read the Bible, I can see what I look like on the inside. Have you ever seen yourself in the Bible? You know, you read and you go, oh my gosh, that's me. You know, God's Word detects the, Hebrews says the, that God's Word detects the thoughts, the intents, the motives, and the desires of the heart. Now, a few years ago, Queen Elizabeth, who they said was quite beautiful in her youth, and I'm not saying that she's not beautiful now, but she ordered that all the mirrors in Buckingham Palace be removed because she couldn't stand to face what she was, uh, 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 what she was looking like as she grew older. So she just said, get rid of all the mirrors, and I never have to evaluate myself again. A lot of people don't read the Bible because they're afraid of what they will see in themselves. You know, as long as we never read the Bible, then we never have to, have to evaluate ourselves. We never have to evaluate our spiritual life. And, and it's just like a mirror because we don't want to look at it and see what we look like. 
And when we open the Word of God and we begin to study it and reflect on it, we begin to see things in our own life that we're not so pleased with. And it's those things that we're not looking at that keep us from unleashing the spiritual potential that's packed away in our lives that we've allowed to just be buried there in our lives. You see, we don't like to look in a mirror of God's word. And so I must reflect on his word if I want to unrelease or release the spiritual power of my life. And next, to reach my spiritual potential, I must respond to the word of God. Now, I must do something about it. In other words, when I read it and it, and it reflects something in my life, I got to act on it. I have, to, I have to live by it. I have to practice it. In verse 22, the Bible says, do not merely listen to what the word says and so deceive yourselves. In other words, James is saying, do what it says. Now, now what good is it if I look, as I said earlier, in a mirror and, and I don't know anything about it? You see, the word listen in the Greek is the word for auditor. And, and, and if you audit a class, what, you, don't have to, you can go in there with absolutely no pressure. Because you know there's no tests, there's no credits, no, you're not going to get a report card, there's no responsibility, no, re, no um, research papers to do, and so we're totally relaxed. You just listen because you didn't have any intention of implying it. And, and I happen to believe there are a lot of auditors that go to church. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, we come to church, we hear the word of God, and some of us will today, hopefully not, but somebody today will probably hear the word of God and will walk out of here with never any intention of responding to anything that was said or anything you read in the word of God today. We're just auditing church today. We're just here to kind of check off and make a check mark to say, wow, I was in church today. Wow, I did my duty today. I went to church. But we have no intention of responding and we must respond to God's word if we want to unleash the spiritual potential that all of us have we need to let it change us and mold us and make us into the person that God desires for us James says it's self-deception when we don't let it change us some people think that uh, you know just gaining knowledge uh, is making will make us spiritual maturity you know how people say, I just want to get into the Word. I just want to go deeper. And that's good, and that's all good. But I got to tell you, I know a lot of people that, are, that are, have so much knowledge, but they're spiritually immature. You see, the, the test of maturity is not knowledge. The test of maturity is character. What difference is it making in my life? Is it making me more like God, Jesus? Is it, is it transforming my life? Do people see Jesus in me? Or am I just like everybody else at my workplace? Am I just like everybody else in school? You see, a lot of people have great Bible knowledge, but they're spiritually immature. You see, we need to practice it. We need to apply it. We need to put it in our life. You see, and also the more knowledge we have, the Bible says the more, the more knowledge we have, the more responsibility I have. The more we know, the more we're accountable for. Jesus says, to whom much is given, much is required. And James says, to him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's sin. Here's what I mean. Let's say this. Let's say you come to me, okay, and you say, buddy, I'm a little concerned about your health. And you say, you know, you've gotten a little fat. And I say, well, I've lost 500 pounds in my life. Many, many times I've lost weight. I'm probably over 500 pounds. 
But anyway, you come to me and you say, you're a little overweight and, and you have a furniture problem. In other words, your chest has dropped into your drawers. <laughs> and, and, and so you buy me an Arnold Schwarzenegger's bodybuilding book. And, and you say, this book can change your life, buddy. It will, you will reach your full healthy potential if you will just use this book, read this book. And you say to me, it's changed the lives of millions of people. It will help your body reach its full potential. You will say, if you could just get that chest out of your drawers and back up where it belongs, you would intimidate many people with the with that. Can you imagine this being here and what I'd look like if I had all that in my chest? <laughs> it's terrible. What happens to a body that eats whatever it wants? <laughs> but it will help you reach your healthy potential. They say if you read this book, it will change you. And I say, okay, great. And I go away and six months later I come back and, and I'm the same old fat guy. And you say, well, buddy, what's happened to you? Nothing has changed. And you look at me and you say, you're still pretty fat. Didn't you read the book? And I say, yeah, I read the book. It's a great book. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's the greatest book I've ever read. I loved it. I mean, I even took that book and I underlined things and I highlighted different colors on different paragraphs and I even memorized some of the things that it said in there. I mean, I love that book. I mean, I even started a small group and we studied that book every week. I mean, it was a great, great book. It's the greatest book I've ever read. And every night before I go to bed, I'd read a couple, couple paragraphs. And I think to myself, how often have we done that with the Bible? I mean, we, we, did, we get this Bible and we say, wow, man, this is a great book. And we read it and reread it and we study it and we study it. But it doesn't do anything. It hasn't done anything to change our lives. You see, when I was uh, going to church when I was a kid, I used to go to vacation Bible school because my mom, they, they never went to church, but they always made us go to church to Bible school. And, and I can remember going to Bible school, and they would give us an award for memorizing Scripture. I mean, he'd give us a little something. You know, I, I, we were always giving something. I remember old Mr. Wheeler. Guy came to our church. He must have been 90 years old, and they gave him a perfect attendance thing, and they hooked it on him. And that thing was hanging down here. He could hardly walk, but he was the grouchiest old man I ever met in my life. And I thought, boy, this has really helped you. Uh, <laughs> going to church every week. <laughs> but maybe we should give awards away for doing the scripture instead of memorizing it. That we give an award away. We see you doing something. You say, wow, you're doing something the Bible says and give you an award for that rather than for memorizing Scripture. Maybe we should give a plaque out that says, he did the Bible, she did the Bible, instead of we memorize the Bible. Because folks, we can memorize that thing from cover to cover, and it can go from cover to cover, and if it doesn't change our life, it doesn't change our character, if people don't see something different in us, then all we've done is gain knowledge. You see, it's not how many times you read through the word of God that unleashes your spiritual potential. It's how many times have you obeyed the word of God. 
You see, folks, if we're going to stand on the wall for our wives, if we're going to make a difference and stand on the wall for our husbands and our children and our community, we have got to become doers of the word. And if God is going to do something new in my life and God's going to do something new in your life and in our church and in our world, you and I are going to have to become doers of the word, not just listeners of the word. We're going to have to become doers of the, of the word. The reality is you and I have enough knowledge right now in our lives. If you never heard another sermon or somebody stole your Bible, if you and I would just do what we already know to do, we would never have to come to church again. I mean, you know, and I know, sitting right there where you're at, you know there's something that if you just do it, it would make a huge difference in the spiritual potential of your life. We don't need another sermon. You see, having knowledge of a bodybuilding book doesn't produce muscles. And just because we know something doesn't mean that, that we act on it, it won't change our life. A lot of us are lured into believing that because we're hearing a lot about the word that we're maturing. And James would say, they are hearers but not doers. And that's what James is speaking to us about today in this passage. Folks, if we want to reach our spiritual potential, we've got to live the word of God. You see, not just hear it, not just know it. You know, it's like the guy that came to church late and he walked in just as about the service was finishing and he said to the usher, is the sermon done yet? And the usher answered, the sermon has been preached, but it's not yet been done. And folks, no matter what you think about this message today, and no matter what you've heard and you thought, wow, that makes sense, if you don't walk out of here and do something about what has been spoken about today, you're just like the, what James says, you're a hearer of the word and you're not a doer of the word and it will not make any difference in your life and in the lives of your children, your wife, your husband, your family, in our church, in our community if we just hear the word and not do anything about what we've heard. You see, be ye doers of the word, don't merely listen, put it into practice. You know, there's many translations of the Bible. I mean, you go on that version app, I mean, I don't know how many translations on there. But you know what the greatest translation of the Bible is? Is our lives. Is when you and I go out into the workplace. I don't work, but y'all do. <laughs> go out into the workplace or to the store or to school or wherever you go. And your Bible translates, your life translates the Bible. And people look at you and say, wow, wow, I want that. I need that in my life. Wow, is that what it means to be a follower of Christ? You know, we, over the next few months, we're going to refer back to Nehemiah probably a lot because Nehemiah is really what we believe God gave us for this church for during this season of our ministry. But look at Nehemiah 8 in verse 13. It says, on the second day, oh, I got to get done. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families along with the priests and the Levites gathered around Ezra. And that's what Kelly's going to be teaching us on because Ezra, Esther, and Nehemiah kind of all intertwined there. And he's going to talk to us uh, about Ezra. Ezra, the teacher, uh, he's gathered around Ezra, the teacher, to give attention to the word of the law, to the word of God. They found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Mo Moses, that the Israelites were to live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh month. And they should proclaim the word and spread it throughout their own their towns and in Jerusalem. 
go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olive and wild olive trees and from myrtles and palms and shade trees to make temporary shelters as it is written. They're saying this is the law. This is how it's written. This is the word of God to go out and do that. And so the people, being doers of the word and not hearers of the word, it says the people went out and they brought back branches and, and, and built themselves temporary shelters and lived in them from the day of Joshua, the son of Nun. That's, Joshua's the only uh, guy in the Bible that didn't have a father. He was son of Nun uh, until that day. That's another quiz. <laughs> <laughs> why do I do this and I get all messed up from the days of Joshua son of Nun until that day the Israelites had not celebrated like this and their joy was very great folks when you and I respond to the word of God and we do what God wants us to do it gives us such great joy and it creates joy. Imagine a church that together began to respond and be doers of the word instead of hearers of the word. Think of the joy that would be in this place. And I got to tell you, I think that kind of joy would, would, would reach people who don't know Jesus Christ. And people would want to be here because we're happy believers. We don't look like we've been, you know, sucking on lemons. But we're happy. You know, I had a person at my work, and I was trying to lead her to the Lord, and she said, man, I see Christians, she said, I don't want any of that. Give me, if that's Christianity, give me ice cream. She said, I don't want what they have. And that's what a lot of people think about us. They don't want what we have. And the Bible says that, James says, the man who puts the law into practice wins true happiness. Jesus in Matthew 7 tells the story of the wise and the foolish builder. He says the foolish builder builds on sand. He's like the guy who hears the word of God but doesn't do what it says. John 13, 17 says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And I'm saying, now that we know these things, we will be blessed if we do them. If you want your spiritual potential to be unleashed in your life, folks, you and I have got to get back to the word of God. We got to get back to this as part of our day. It's part of our life. It's part of our diet. And we get to the point where we say, I can't live without it. And the only way that we'll get to that point is if we get into the Word of God and let it get into us, and then we become doers of what's into us. You see, every single one of us knows more spiritual truth, as I said earlier, than we're putting into practice. James is saying to us that we need to be hear doers of the word and not just hear. So are you a doer of the word? What is James saying to us? He's saying, what are you gonna do with what you already know? What are you gonna do about today? James is saying, we're on our way to freedom, blessing, and the unleashing of our spiritual potential when we start doing God's word. But maybe you're still not convinced. Maybe you're saying, ah, it's just a book. You say, the Bible's not all that important. It can't make all that difference in my life. Maybe that's you. And I, I haven't convinced you. The Holy Spirit hasn't convinced you. I can't convince you of anything. So here's your chance to be a doer of the word. And I, I'll have to get one of these little cards down here. But in your program, there's a little card, okay? Everybody take it out. Say, okay, buddy, I'll take the card out, okay? There's a little card in there. There's two of them in there. One of them you bring back the stuff that's on there uh, next week. But this is called the 21-day Bible reading challenge, okay? Everybody get it out? 
If you don't have one, Kelly is back there in the back. I tell you, Kelly does everything around here. He teaches, he preaches, he carries out podiums, he hands out cards, he hands out pins. And, you know, uh, he made that ugly box out there in the, in the foyer. Uh, <laughs> but that thing, y'all see it before he put those flowers on it. <laughs> but anyway, so everybody got it? Need a pen? Everybody need a pen? Anybody need a card? Just hold it up in the air, if you, hand up in the air if you need anything to help make this thing happen. But what we're doing is we want to challenge you for 21 days. I want to give you a chance. We want to give you a chance to be the doer of the word, okay? Not just to hear, but for 21 days, read chapter, read a, one chapter a day for 21 days from the book of John. Now, I'm talking about the gospel of John. Not, not the little Johns, John 1, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, but I'm talking about big John, gospel John, okay? They're all the same John, but you gotta be careful what John you read. Uh, we're reading 21 days. There's 21 chapters in the, in the book of John. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to read it, and then if I, want, I want you to see how it applies to your life, and if God shows you something, reflects something in your life, shows you something about yourself, I want you to be a doer of it, okay? For 21 days, you and I, over here in the back, there's somebody that needs one, right over here, that for 21 days, we're gonna be doers of the word. Can you imagine if for 21 days, if you and I, maybe it'll become a habit in your life, but for 21 days, if every one of us here or online, if every one of us say, you know what? I'm gonna be a doer of the word. I'm not just gonna read it, but I'm going to take what I read, and when God reflects something in my life, I'm going to do it. And I'm challenging you. I'm challenging myself, because believe me, I'm not some kind of saint. I put my britches on just like you do, one leg at a time, and I mess up at times. I put pants on backwards. But anyway, <laughs> 21 days. We're going to do that together, aren't we? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to fill that card out, because I believe... You know, some of you are already doing it, and you're reading the Bible as part of your life. But I just want us all, if you're, if you're doing that, I just want us all to read the same thing for 21 days. Gay and I talked about that, and, the, and put your name on your email. Why do I want you to do that? Because I think what you write down and put your name to, you keep a commitment. And so what we're going to do during this worship song that we're getting ready to do uh, is we're going to bring them up front and put them in here. But first of all, I want Gay to talk to you about something. I know <laughs> well, we're going over time, but I, hey. I just love it when he says britches. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I said that, but. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, I loved what he said about um, that you fall in love so much with the word that one day you come to a place where you can't start your day without it. And I got to tell you, when I was young, like you guys, when I was in my 20s, my 30s, my late 20s, 30s, 40s, Honestly, I read the Bible. I, I, it was planted in my heart as a child, and every, every scripture I've memorized is in King James Version. So that's planted in my heart. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth, believeth in him. That's King James. Now, I've read through the Bible. I've read through the NIV. I've read through the message. And, uh, but I'm now reading through the Living Bible. That was my mom's favorite version. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, when I was younger, I read it out of obedience. But I'm so glad I did because now I'm at the place in my life where it has turned into I cannot start my day without my guide, without my manual. And, and I got to tell you, sometimes you just need to do things out of obedience. And over time, 
it will roll over into a, a love for the word because there's a spirit that happens in this, in this word that isn't just a book, it isn't just words. And it will begin to transform you. And my grandpap Berkshire was a stubborn old, I was scared of him when I was a kid, but he studied the word and I saw him, he was uh, uh, in that book. And, and by the time I saw him finish his life, he had become such a sweet, gentle man. My grandpa Berkshire, I couldn't believe it. And I'm telling you, if, if uh, you're willing to be obedient, open your life to this. And I think it's awesome that we're going to do this together. Because I believe with all of my heart, with surrendered hearts and doing this and reading together for 21 days. In addition to reading my living Bible every morning, I'm going to read this chapter of John with you. And uh, I just think God is going to unleash our spiritual potential in a way that we won't even believe it. It's going to be our something new. So as the band does this song, are you going to say something? I just want to say, and also, if you discover something that you're not afraid to share, post it on the Salem Fields Facebook page. This week, I discovered something. Yeah. And so that we can all share in this together. Now, you say, well, I don't want to put that on my Facebook. With stuff you already put on there, I'm thinking, good thing. We, <laughs> we want to know that instead of what you have for breakfast, yeah, right? So post it on there. It helps all of us. It encourages yeah, all of us. Yeah, okay? encouragement. So bring okay. that up as we do this song. Mm -hmm. 